This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Now on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD. Philadelphia, The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. If we don't move in our own direction, we're going to become extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now. Presented by the law offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Giordano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. This is a special edition of The Labor Show with J. Doc, Krause, and John Doherty. All right, ladies and gentlemen from around the Delaware Valley, welcome to the latest show with Jay Dot and Krause. This is the John Doherty Hour. Uh, in the driver's seat for Krause, uh, it's Jay Doc here, and, and uh, ecstatic to bring in uh, the, the host of the show, John Doherty. How are you, sir? How you doing, pal? How's everything? Well, I'm good. Uh, you know, it's just me and you tonight. Krause is uh, out of state, so uh, we're going to have to carry the... Uh, to torch without him, but I think we'll do okay. Uh, lots, lots going on, uh, John. And one of the things that I know you wanted to, uh, to you know, to, to to put out there is the prayers for the victims of the condo complex collapse in in uh, in, in Miami Beach. Um, just unimaginable. Yeah, and it, we talk about this every week. We talk about specific job sites in not only Philadelphia, but the region that that could happen to. Okay, now granted, there's a lot more water underneath, okay, in some of them areas down there than there are up here, which really hurts, you know, the initial structure. I was talking to Jimmy Dollard yesterday at a retirement party for Jackie Kibaki. I'm going to get a shout out for Jackie. 47 years she worked inside Local 98's apprentice program. Wow. She yesterday. We had a great turnout. President Brian Burroughs did a fabulous job. And uh, Mikey Neal is our apprentice training director, a Southern high grad. Uh, they did a great job. And we had people stopping in all day to say goodbye and thank you to Jackie. In the conversation, I was running back and forth. I was at the laborers' groundbreaking. I had a, a problem I had to take care of at Children's Hospital. I had two or three other issues. So yesterday was a gigantically busy day for me. When I finally sat down, they had a bite to eat. Jimmy Dollar pulled up next to me, and of course, the conversation was about the structure down in Miami and why we should, you know, any tragedy, you know, you say an extra prayer for it. But this could have been prevented. There were people who said that there were cracks in the foundation, that there were structural issues with the columns, that underneath the pool, the area was rotted out. Okay, there's so many things there. And this happened, I think, in 18 or 19, if I'm not mistaken. I know there's been a tremendous amount of print on it. You know, news like that jumps through the construction industry. You know, we get it in all the construction sources. I know the New York Times just did something on it. But this could be prevented. Twenty, Our tragedy on Market Street. Okay? Yes. So, you know, we, we talk about that. You know, I told you, a gentleman by the name of Bill, Bill Sorter from Elliott Lewis, who 
runs a very prominent construction company, a maintenance company. Okay, Bill and myself were coming out of a Blue Cross meeting, and we were walking down the street, and we seen a guy driving a backhoe on a, maybe Wednesday or Thursday night, parallel to the building. Now, you know this, we're talking about 22nd and Market. Right. Okay? And this was the week prior to that. And then I saw Mayor Nutter at the time. And I said, hey, listen, this is someone, I saw him up on uh, outside uh, Boyd's. And I, I and I pulled. We were talking, and I said, I gave him a specific, and that was one of the three specifics I gave him that something's going to happen if we don't start to put, you know, some rules and regs and enforcement on this underground economy. And I told him, I said, somebody's going to die on your watch. And I still to this day, I am. I wish I would have been so wrong. Right. No question. And, and, no. And John, that's the first thing that came to mind to me. When I heard about the Miami uh, situation and the collapse, um, but yeah, you know, c- certainly uh, you got you got an out down down on uh, in, uh, uh, mine. Okay, you got that developer from Boston. We've been telling people for a long time the base concrete has cracked on it. Throat. Okay, we're outside protesting it. We're outside talking about it. Okay, the base contract has okay a, a crack in it. Everybody will tell you. Okay, it's obvious to all the people on the site. We've, I think if I'm not mistaken, we actually did uh, a document about it. Okay, now, what happens if that building pays in? What happens? Is it the enforcement people? Is it l and Is it the local council person who's been informed about it? Is it the local state rep that's been informed about it? Okay, is it the owner who's been developed, who, or the developer, the out-of-town developer? The out-of-town developer who waved his nose to unionized construction. Okay, yeah. we sent video to same, the same building. If you remember, that's the building where you had mold growing like mushrooms out the doors. And then they were looking to sell it for, and I, I think I commented, and they were looking to sell some of the places for like 35 a month rent. You know, it's yeah, I'm, and again, I'm, that's a tragedy, I'm, Joe. It's something we, we're going to continue to talk about it until somebody does something. This mayor knows. Until this mayor takes the walls down in some of these buildings or shuts a building down and tells people you can't live there or some of this pipe that Wayne Miller cries about that's installed illegally with everybody's knowledge, okay, doesn't work and somebody dies. Okay, until the mayor or someone at that level steps up and shuts these things down or tears that pipe up or tears that wall down, these guys from out of town are only going to see dollar signs. They could care less about the hundred or some people that died in Miami. And it's interesting, John, because ironically, this has been a topic on the show for uh, the last month. And certainly we've said it many times. um, If it was a labor, if it was a union labor situation, it would have already been on the front page. Well, you heard what Jack Jack Stolmeister said a week or so ago. If that that accident occurred inside Delaware County instead of in Delaware, okay, but the contractor who we brought to justice, based on activities he did in, this, in, in the Commonwealth, if that, that gentleman who got hurt would have got hurt inside this region, Jack would be holding somebody for manslaughter. Okay? Somebody's got to go to jail. Somebody's got to go to Listen, I joke with you. I get, you know, you see the things that I get looked at. You know, I get looked at if I buy a piece of cake for my father. Okay, these guys are willingly building buildings that they know are, and when they're not maintaining them. And when they build them, that there's a problem, instead of fixing the structural steel issue or the crack in the concrete, 
they put an extra piece of rug over it. Okay? And then the poor kid who comes in town, okay, and his parents paying 2800 because he's going to school at 10 or someplace around here, you know, when he goes home at night, he doesn't know. And that building I'm talking about, that gets a lot of rattle and rolling from the bridge. It, it's right underneath the, the Ben Franklin Bridge. Just like this building in Miami, okay, wasn't too far from the ocean. So, you know, the underground, you know, I mean, it had to be wet. Deep underground, it had to be wet. So there's Absolutely. a lot of issues. But, I mean, this is why this mayor, his legacy at the end of the day from a union perspective is that, you know, he fixed the corrupt I. He fixed the contractors that have two sets of standards. Okay, he fixed the people that just flagrantly flick their nose and their middle finger at the rules and the regs and the laws. Lives are in, in the balance, and, and, and that's the one thing that, you know, I always want to let people know. And at the end of the day, uh, when you see something like what happened in Miami, in Miami Beach, you know, there's so many of issues like the ones we're talking about. The inspectors in the city, of, I'd love to see the situation uh, down there. I cannot wait till this investigation well, unwraps. We're, we're, we're going to sue L&I, you know that, it's coming any day. You know, in a, in a big wraparound conspiracy, you know, and, and watch this. This will be interesting. This will be good read. This will get documentaries done on it when it's done. It's, it's, it's beyond corrupt. You would think okay. that after what happened on at 22nd and Market, um, that it wouldn't be uh, in the issue that it is today. It's so amazing how quickly people forget and how amnesia takes um, sets in. Um, and just... And, you gotta- and, and, and anybody who wants to see, all they have to do is go down to 22nd and Market, and they can see the memorial right outside to see what happens when L&I inspectors don't do their job. Well, L&I inspectors, architects, owners, lawyers, owners. you know, I mean, an awful lot of people, but that was, that was an accident when it happened. Salvation Army. Oh, no question so about just, it. Listen, this is right about now. Krause would tell either one of us, hey, we have to pay for the show. We need to get a commercial break. Right, right. And Krause, he gave me a little leeway. He's in, he's in uh, Florida right now, so we're going to take, uh, take some liberties. Um, before we do go to break, though, real quick, we got a couple minutes. Um, Want to quickly, you know, touch on the, on the infrastructure plan as it currently is formed. Do you think it can get through, John? Yeah, I think, I think it will get through. I think it's, you know, a little less than what people thought. You know, I've had great conversation with our good friend Sean McGarvey, who's the head of the North American Building Trades, which is basically the lead organization for all the construction industry in America. He's got a great entree into the president. He loves his access. He loves the communication. And he said, more importantly, the people below the president are more union friendly than anybody since he's been down there in any role. So when Sean tells us that, that means it's good stuff. So he believes this has to go. I believe that, you know, the bipartisan approach that's taken place is going to, as long as it doesn't get amended out the gazoo and people start, you know, trying to stick 300 in to pay for this pension or 300 to pay for this favorite charity or something. So we need to get that done. Now, people have to understand the good news about putting jobs in play. And that's what this does. We do a couple things. We, we fix these buildings. We fix these bridges. We fix these highways. But we also employ a lot of people and a lot of new people and in our specific case, when you're trying to diversify, you're trying to be more inclusive, it gives you an opportunity because you finally have work. 
and you have work that I don't want to say is remedial, but you have work that is more repetitive because when you're building a highway, you basically do the same thing for miles. So you get a chance to, you know, put a kid in a position where he can go farther quicker. There is a tremendous amount of win when you put a bill in place like this. You know, and I'm going to tell you, it's a, it's a uh, good thing, and I'm watching the Phillies lose an extra in the bottom of the night, four to three. Okay? But it's a good thing. Yeah, four to three. And, and you know, they had a shot to beat the groom today. That's a great thing. You know, I'm, I'm you know it's a, and, and, and by the way, uh, we, we have a, a great show planned. Um, and we are going to go to break pretty soon, but the, you know we have a, f- a phenomenal show. We do have uh, Tony Bruno coming on in the, in, the, in the final segment, and 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 we're going to talk about the Phillies bullpen, the Sixers, uh, Ben Simmons, all those things. But we also have uh, Mark Siegel, publisher of Philadelphia Gay News, and of course PA State Rep Matt Bradford. We're going to have more from the John Doherty Hour after the break. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show are sponsored by Plumbers Local 690, Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, Iron Workers Local 401, and SEIU Local 32BJ, District 1201. This whole nonsense about not giving workers the right to organize with so-called right to work, that's bad. Something like that comes to my desk, I'll veto it, not just because I'm a Democrat, not just because I'm pro-labor, but because I know for a fact that's not very smart. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Labor Show with J. Dot and Krause. This is the John Doherty Hour on Talk Radio 1210 WPHC on a beautiful Saturday evening here at the end of June. Uh, John, we have a phenomenal guest uh, on, on the broadcast right now. If you would introduce him. Well, first of all, I, people want to always acknowledge when they see Mark, whatever is, this is Mark Sigal. And, for example, this is Pride Month. But every month is Pride Month when you're dealing with Mark Sigel. Mark Sigel is the ultimate activist. He, and again, he argues against the tide all the time. You know, uh, you know the, the gay and uh, lesbian and transgender community, okay, is more prominent today than ever. But Mark started years ago when people refused to acknowledge him or anyone in the community. You know, I've got to know Mark. God, it's been decades now. We, I used to joke with him, you know, I helped lobby same-sex benefits years ago with him, and we actually had it at Local 98 decades ago. But I always told him not too many people used them. And, uh, but Mark's just a great guy. Uh, he's been a great ally of the Philadelphia Building Trades, and we had an incident not too far from, you know, one of his greater accomplishments, the, the Anderson Center. We had, a, we had a, a road contractor who was treating the neighborhood like crap. And not only Mark, but everyone around Mark supported all our initiatives, not only our activities in front of the building with picket lines and protests, but anything we did in the community. So he's been consistent. He's been a friend of the union movement. He's a friend of fair wages. And we've always been a friend of Mark's. And uh, I don't see much different between our two organizations today. You know, we both represent people well. And, uh, you know, I, I'm glad to call him a friend. And I can't believe he took the time out on a Saturday night to jump on a radio show with us. Because he's, you know, I know he's really busy and he's always all over the place, especially on Pride Month. So, Mark, thank you, congratulations. But, you know, not any individual day is a holiday. You've been an activist forever. Every time I see you and any time I go any place close to your neighborhood, I know you're out there swinging for some topic that's supportive of the gay community. Hey, John, great to be with you. And let me tell you, I would take any time that you request it off. Let me tell you, labor, um, the building trades here in Philadelphia was one of the first 
organized groups to support LGBT rights. And I can remember during the Rendell administration, what was that, 20 years ago now, um, yeah. you coming to city council specifically to make sure that we got domestic partners passed. So we've been, we've been friends going somewhere between 20 and 30 years now, Doc. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what. And, and, and Mark, You're so young. I don't know how you do it. Yeah, listen, we were e- it was easy doing business with you. We used to, I'd be in one table at Famous Deli, he'd be at another. So whenever we had a problem, either I would jump on his table, he would jump on mine, and we'd go over and we'd work something out. And also, he knew that when he was in a conversation and I was 20 feet away, he could bring me over and br- bring me into the conversation. It was about hospitality. By the way, do not think that the hospitality would have jumped in this town like we did before the pandemic without Mark Sigel and all, all his supporters and friends. Because, you know, they, if you take a look, you know, they're, they're a major part of our hospitality initiative. You know, they butt up against Center City most of, you know, as they quote-unquote the gay, the gay neighborhood. But it's, he just, he's, and I, he's, he's done a great job. You know, he mentions Randell, but some of the most creative conversations, okay, that I've ever seen Mark have about politics were not with Jim Kenney, who's been one of his major allies for decades, not with Ed Rendell, who's been one of his major allies for decades, but with John Street. And, uh, <laughs> he, and listen, early on, John Street had a perception that he wasn't, you know, super friendly to the gay community. And I was invited to many conversations and was involved in something at Mark's house one day where John Street was being, you know, have one of his initial discussions with the community. And I'll never forget, Mark, and it, correct me if I'm wrong, I'll never forget, it was basically, you know, an interview process with Mark. And you had, you had Sam Katz and a few people right behind you. So it was, you know, nobody really had, you know, uh, ready to endorse anyone. And of course, John Street came in with good credentials. He had the Ed Rendell's and Jimmy Kenny's of the world and all these guys lobbying you for the support. But, you know, in, in, in the perception and some of the statements that he said were taken out of context. And uh, we're sitting there. And a woman says to him, what do you think about two people openly abrasive on 13th Street? And John Street, tongue-in-cheek, very smart, but laughing a little bit, says, well, I really don't think about it. And the woman goes on to pound him. She said, look, you know, I won't even go to a non-committal country. I won't go to Switzerland. I, won't, I don't expect you to make light of this, Mark. And it could have been a moment. And you jumped in. And I laughed, and the way you handled that was one of the highlights. Now I know you've been, you were involved. I'm amazed you remember that. That's really, um, one of the things I'm most proud about is uh, I get along with people that nobody would ever think that I could possibly get along with. So John Street, at that point, was probably one of the most homophobic political people in Philadelphia. And people like you and I helped educate him. And he then became one of the strongest people supporting gay rights in Philadelphia. Um, so we took him from there to there. Tom Corbett's another one. Uh, he's, you know, right-wing, Republican. Um, everybody thought um, he didn't like the gay community. I talked with him. Thanks to that, we got marriage equality in Pennsylvania one year before the Supreme Court gave it to the nation. I believe you could talk to people. If you talk to people, guess what? You might be able to communicate. You might be able to laugh with each other. Um, see how human both of you are. Um, that's, how, Mark, that's how we became friends. Mark, tell Just me. Talking. Uh, it, it, w- 
about the new administration, the Biden administration, you think they're doing enough to help and protect the LGBTQ uh, community? Oh, my God. It's incredible. Um, Joe Biden, in just 157 days, has done more than any other president in the history of this country for LGBT people. Um, I can give you an incredible list. He's told the education department um, that uh, you can no longer discriminate against LGBT students. Uh, they've told the, cre- um, the banks and credit institutions that they now had to work with LGBT people. Um, just yesterday, he appointed Jessica Stern um, as his new envoy for LGBT issues internationally so that we can work with countries that are very negative on LGBT people. Uh, and I can give you, here's a very simple thing. We think that everything's great here in this country, but there are 70 countries in the world where it's illegal to be gay. There are eight countries in the world, eight, where they kill gay people. Unimaginable. And, 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 and at this yeah. t- it, it, it's, it's actually infuriating. It's amazing what a, what a fishbowl we live in. Uh, not to under not not to know what's going on in other countries, um, and, uh, Mark. Talk hey, Joey, about Joey. Yeah. Let me, Joe, let me jump in for a second. And sure. I'm not proud of this, but yesterday morning, what I am proud of, Mark, and you'll appreciate this, and you'll understand why. In the last couple of days, on a rather large job site, okay, there was everything from a series of homophobic comments wrote on a job site to a. Uh, Confederate flag drawn on a bathroom door, you know, oh and this is on a construction site. I mean, so listen, just so you know, you appreciate this. The sad part is it occurred two days ago. The good part is not only myself, very early in the morning, okay, but all my business managers that were available showed up, not me and somebody else, but a crew, showed up and confronted the issue head on out in front with the union stewards, the superintendents, and even some of the owners of the buildings, okay? And it wasn't like, hey, guys, this is wrong. It was like, you know, and you can imagine, you know, I was a little unplugged that day, you know, and, uh, but I just want you to know that there, that's not a piece of business. That's a way of life for us. Discrimination is discrimination, no matter how you apply it. And one of the things that have... You know, and everybody knows, look, I love my family, okay? It's well documented, you know, from my dad to my kids. And everyone's gay, okay? I, I, Amy is, is her partner is my, my baby too. I take care of love. <laughs> John, 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 it was the first Joe, thing you said. I went crazy. It John, went it was crazy. The, it was it's the wrong. first thing you said when we came on Talk Radio 1210 several years ago. We were, you were talking about equality. It's one of the great things about being in the union, okay? And it's such a shame in other workplaces where people aren't represented and they go through these things. It's unimaginable this day and age. But one of the great things about the labor community is that equality is paramount. And the first thing you said, it was me, Joe Krause, Pat Eiding, and yourself, first broadcast ever on Talk Radio 1210. And, and you talked about equality. You talked about your daughter, you talked about all the, uh, all those situations. Listen, Mark, um, it, on, you know we're, we're spit firing here. We appreciate you calling in uh, to the broadcast. Anytime. We need to have, we need to have you on Call for a full back. hour. I'll be glad to be back. Absolutely, uh, Mark Siegel, publisher, Philadelphia Gay News. Thanks so much.
Thank you, guys. Have a good night, guys. Thanks, Mark. Next time you're on, we've got to talk about the attic. All right, we'll have more from the John Doherty Hour after the break. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show are sponsored by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Iron Workers Local 405, and Steam Fitters Local 420. We're going to try to work with Republicans in a bipartisan way to find solutions to what really is not working. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Labor Show with Jay Dot and Krause. This is the John Doherty Hour. Shout out to Frank Keel for producing the content on the broadcast. Couldn't do it without him. Uh, great show going on t- uh, tonight, John. Uh, in the driver's seat for Krause, it's Jay Doc. Uh, John, uh, we, we, we have a, a, a fantastic guest uh, you know, coming up next. Uh, PA State's uh, Representative Matt Bradford, who represents the 70th District in Montgomery County. And there's a lot going on out there. Uh, Project labor agreements, uh, big projects. Uh, if you would introduce our guest, yeah, Matt is the uh, as you said the legis- He's not only the state rep out there, okay, but now he's the chair of the Democratic Appropriations Committee. Okay, he's a big Villanova guy. Uh, he's a good friend of the labor movement, and uh, one of our I tell you one of our first stories. We took over local ninety eight through the amalgamation. We took over a local at the time that was called known as Local 380, which was known as Norristown, but it went all the way up to Allentown. Just a, a little parcel of land, 130-some acres, is where they had their union hall, their training facility, and, you know, softball field, et cetera. And we had our very first picnic. And the first legislator to walk in that day with his family, okay, with his wife and kids, and I was Matt. So he showed up. And he stayed the day, and his kids, you know, used the facility and used the picnic, and he stayed all the way throughout the day. Now, you know, you've been doing this show a little time. We, you know, most elected officials, what they do is they come in, they shake hands, they take a picture or two, they kiss a baby on the way out, and maybe they'll eat an ice cream. <laughs> I don't know if Matt remembers Maybe Matt remembers this, but it was the same day that Cole Hamels was pitching a no-hitter against <laughs> the Cubs. So... We, everybody was in. Everybody hung around all day, and at the end, when it was getting close to wrapping up, we all hung around where the TV was located—one in the bar area, one in the picnic area—and uh, you know, a map stayed the whole day, kept the family with us, got to know what we were about. People got a better vision in that. So, you know, when it came time for elections, and you know, our people in that up in the Norristown area, but primarily in the building trades, were really supportive of his efforts to take over appropriations and he hasn't let us down yet. He's somebody, he, his, edu- his background is in, you know, or at least his main focus is education, but, you know, job creation has become a big tool for him too. And he knows that that's what we're about. Welcome to the broadcast, Matt. Well, thank you guys. And thanks for that kind uh, introduction and reminder of uh, a great afternoon. I, I got, to, as you guys know, I have four kids. So, Anywhere where there's uh, hot dogs and a moon bounce, my kids will be happy to make an afternoon of it. But you were kind to be so hospitable and, and supportive of me over the years. So thank you, guys. And, and, and so, Matt, Matt, now that Matt, I remember that, I'm going to bring a moon bounce outside the next time we have a vote. You know, that's critical. I'll have the moon bounce outside the grill. Whatever you want, Matt, to make you happy when it comes time for a vote, you know. And by the way, Matt, Matt a certain uh, Little League baseball coach says hello, but who goes by the same name, as 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 our uh, our, our uh, esteemed Kevin Doherty, uh, who who is uh, John's brother, my cousin Kevin says hello. I know you're I, I know your friends. Um, 
as we segue into something uh, maybe a little bit uh, more serious, uh, if you would talk about what's going on at the Justice Center there in in in, in Norristown. I know, um, you know, there, a decision's been made, and I know it's not one that you're happy with uh, about going without a project labor agreement, um, and it's been a frustrating uh, point of contention. Uh, you know, obviously with the building trades, and and I know uh, that you're in support of, of of having one. Talk about it if you would. Yeah, it's unfortunate, right? Because, you know, Democrats have taken over out in the suburbs with uh, not insignificant help from our friends in labor. And, and, you know, we're labor Democrats. I mean, I was a union summer volunteer and, you know, uh, worked in the Steelworkers Union. Uh, You know, labor is a part of the Democratic family. And, and, you know, there's, there's always growing pains and there's always stress and there's always hiccups along the road and drama. Um, But, you know, I, I, being in central Montgomery County, John will tell you, you know, we saw what happened with the prison out at, uh, in Collegeville, the, uh, the new Phoenix, the Greaterford prison complex, which was, you know, the PLA was stripped off of that when, uh, I guess it was from Rendell to Corbett and a couple hundred million dollars in overruns and, and late charges and fees and just wasted time. Uh, you know, that, does that, that, that project turned into a whole disaster and to see, you know, the potential for something similar here in Montgomery County and our, our County uh, justice complex. And again, it, it, it's awkward. Obviously it's, it's the democratic controlled County and we all want to stick together, but we've got to remember where we came from on this one. And I think we're missing the mark. That's uh, probably the most succinct way I can say it. Well, is there a reason? I mean, another, you're right. It is confusing. It is frustrating. Couldn't imagine, especially after uh, after what happened at the uh, you know with the SCI Phoenix debacle. Um, any any anything off the top of your head on on why these individuals would 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 make this decision and potentially risk the budget for the project? You know, you know, I've asked. I know I wrote a letter. I know Senator Casey wrote written a letter. I, I believe even Governor Wolf has. I think we've all, as our delegation, uh, State House Democrats and Senate Democrats have weighed in kind of saying, hey, guys, you know, listen, we don't want to uh, put our nose where it doesn't belong, but these are our constituents and uh, it's their tax dollars and we want to make sure uh, the project gets done right. Uh, you know, what we hear is, hey, there's an RCO in place. That's going to, you know, make sure it's, it's, it's local labor, that it's quality labor, that there'll be apprenticeships and there'll be local commitment. Uh, I'm not sure that's the case. When you're talking about a half a billion dollar project, and listen, Montgomery County is blessed. We're a tremendously affluent county. We've got a lot going for us. Uh, but our county seat, which happens to be in my legislative district, Norristown, I always like to say it needs a little more TLC. Uh, it's so important that local folks, uh, diversity, people of, of all colors, that frankly the folks who live in our county seat are part of the redevelopment of our courthouse complex. Uh, a PLA is the best way to make sure that's happening, uh, and that's not the case right now. So it's frustrating as hell to a lot of us. Doc? Hey, Joe, I'm going I'm to jump in right now because it's perfect timing. Thank you for that segue, Mr. Rep. I just want to let you know, I have a different feel. Look, no one was more involved with the PLA, okay, at the Phoenix prison than myself. Okay, I went and was part of the team with Governor Rendell and, and people like yourself to make sure that we had a, a project labor agreement. There were tremendous, okay, understandings. And we said, hey, we have history working alongside either union-friendly or not-so-union-friendly people. As we proved in Marcus Hook, when we brought a job in, 
7.2 million hours of work, not cost, hours of work. We brought it in under budget, on time. I have a letter that says it was the best installation. It was basically based on the systems that they set up, a perfect installation, quote-unquote, by the non-union owner, a perfect installation. Okay, there was no hours lost, no people hurt, no recordables, amazing. An outdoor job with LGN issues, boating issues, all kind of complicated systems. Outdoors, heat tracing in the winter, air conditioning in the summer. Okay, beautiful job. So now we go and we get a prison, which we're very capable of doing. And we can include, as you heard me say earlier, there's some repetitive work. We can guarantee bringing people in from the community that not only get a job, but get a career. Okay, so then we sit, and then all of a sudden, Corbett, when he's running, says, hey, look, guys, as they call for support, they call in Republican primaries, we get a chance to be supportive, and 99% of the time we go with the Democrat and the general. So, uh, but not always going to be the case anymore, and we're going to comment on it, because too many of our Democratic friends have went so far to the left, okay, that they think that by supporting some leftist socialist union, that that counts on their record. So now, in my next four years, since I just got reelected, I'm not going to ask people to be union-friendly. I'm going to ask them to be building trades-friendly. And with this prison, I was involved in so much of the detail that when Tom Corbett made the decision to do away with it, just like I did at 22nd of Market, I said, you're walking into the left here, sir. And there was a gentleman by the name of Brian Nutt who was part of the conversation throughout the process. For whatever reason, he landed about a month or two into the administration, and then he left. And it wasn't, you know, well advertised. But when he left, a lot of the consistent conversation we had through the transition left. So now they go and they do the job, okay, and they decide to do it non-union. Two and one-half years later. Now, one of the places that you don't want to be built late are prisons. Because obviously there's a game plan to move prisoners into a place two and a half years early. Now, they probably didn't tell anybody that they probably had them staying in hotels in neighborhoods that nobody knew about. Okay? They just didn't have them all from, uh, in prisons elsewhere because they already were overloaded. That's why they built a prison. Okay? It ran somewhere between 75 and $100 million, as documented with the last documentation, overruns. And then they find people, and then it was all type of nonsense. And I can't see one job that was given to that community. So, I mean, it was a complete loser. So now fast forward. Fast forward to we have a PLA. Now, I was on the phone. I had, you know, a uh, conversation with Dr. Arcouche maybe three, four weeks ago. We're going to continue to move forward. I had conversation with Commissioner Lawrence this week. Very open conversation. We said, I told him, there's one or two underlings that are running their mouth that probably should. And he agreed. In fact, he was more animated about the people who are not in the know making statements. Okay? Now, here's my opinion. And this will rock the boat. You already said Montgomery County is a violent, affluent neighborhood. It's also has been basically, and it's one of the reasons why I wanted to go there with Local 98. And it's one of the reasons why I get so much attention from so many of the agencies out there, because I wasn't going to let the ABC, who is the non-union arm, the umbrella arm, which is centered in Montgomery County, okay, continue to take money from rich people and spe spell out there a narrative that's, dif that's different than the truth. 
So we get out there, we take on, you know, the, the ABC, the non-union element, their corporate stances, but there's still too many people out there that see that money and they look at us and say, well, the labor unions are only good for so much. For me to compete at a much higher level, okay, for me to compete at a much higher level, I'm going to need to take everybody's money. And then we'll make a decision. So a decision that says I might not use a PLA, that sits very well with the non-union world. Matt, if you would, Representative. Well, you know, look, I think... That's a pretty bold statement. You don't have to comment on it. But most people, (laughs) and I'm not talking about anyone, I'm not talking about any one individual, you know, like like Commissioner Arkush, who is running for Senate. Okay, we know that. Yeah, right? no, we, we, we understand that. I'm not singling her out, and I'm not singling anybody else from, that has political ambitions out there. Okay? What I'm saying, when you ask for there's no common sense reason other than people looking at financial repercussions down the road. Representative? Possibly- yeah. So, so I, I, and I'll throw something out that, that may be a little different than where John's going, but here's where I, I think it's a problem in Montgomery County. Because we are, you know, some of my colleagues will jokingly say the home of the limousine liberals. And again, this isn't about any one elected official or one project. This is really a criticism and a self-reflection of some of our own Democrats. Uh, some of these folks forget who, who we're fighting for. And they don't relate to, you know, our, our working class, building class guys. And listen, Montgomery County's great. And we've put together a hell of a coalition. We're black, we're white, we're straight, we're Latino, we're, we're the true Democratic Party. But we forget sometimes those working class guys, there's a chance for a guy who gets into a good apprenticeship program paid for by the union to make a six-figure salary, get a good pension, provide for his family. That's the heart and soul of what the Democratic Party is. Now, I know Montgomery County, we've got this new wave of Democrats. And listen, it's great. We're, we welcome them. God bless Donald Trump. He pushed them into our column in ways we could never have imagined. But we can never forget who we're fighting for. It's the guy who, you know, gets calluses on his hands and, you know, grease behind his nails because that's who the Democratic Party is. And I know, you know, John rightfully mentioned some of the, the challenges we have. And we should, you know, I'm an unapologetic progressive. Me and John don't always agree. He knows this to be true. Um, but we can never forget those guys, they're who we're about. And because of the affluence in Montgomery County, I think sometimes there's that disconnect that when we don't do a PLA, it's not only a disservice to the taxpayer and to the project, it can also be a disservice to the worker that we say we support. Um, so I think that's How about when you ring up, when people ring up for diems at record numbers, when people yep. you know, grab, grab every ribbon cutting and press opportunity they can, and they never create a job their whole tenure. In some cases, never get a bill passed. Yep. Okay. Now, so what's wrong with that picture? There's a we lot got about thir- we got about thirty seconds to to the break, uh, Representative. If you if you will. Yeah. Listen, it, it, it's a big problem. We've got too many showboats and not enough guys who who work their ass off and remember. Uh, who, who elects them and who got them there and who we fight for. Um, you know, the Democratic. God bless. The best thing that ever happened for us is Joe Biden, right? Joe Biden has given us an opportunity to recenter ourselves and realize, hey, look, and we need those. And listen, I, I disagree sometimes when we try to pit, you know, service unions against uh, building trades. We got to remember we're for the working man, and when we lose sight of that, we wind up in these situations. And that whether that pays out on a particular building project hey, hey, Joe, or plays out me, in our policy, let me end, let me end off with this, okay. Matt. I, 
Mr. Rep, you do. We appreciate the yep. letter. We appreciate your support, and you, we're always allowed to disagree because you showed yep. up and stayed the whole picnic. But let me tell you, <laughs> Donald Trump did not completely drive this agenda. Donald Trump wasn't in office when we changed the complexion of the Supreme Court. Okay, no, the you're three right. Democrats. That changed the redistricting so that we could, and we lost Pennsylvania with, with Donald Trump. But what we did is that redistricting changed the congressional outlook that give us leverage against the presidential stuff. And nobody was more influential than us, the, the building trades, the Philadelphia building trades. If you take a look, you know, no doubt about it. I never sing my brother's praises. I don't even mention him as my brother. But he drew over no, no, a million I, I, votes. He was the high vote getter. Okay? And his work product is beyond approach. Okay? All right. So we won, we won this stuff with you. You know, I, some of these people think they woke up and they were given a state senate seat or a congressional seat, you know, on their own. It was a lot of hard work done by people who need to see that some results. It's called jobs. That's all we want is jobs. Thank you for your efforts. State Representative no. Matt Bradford, uh, thanks for joining us on the John Doherty Hour. We can't wait to have you back. And uh, we will have more from the John Doherty Hour after the break. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the John Doherty Hour of the Labor Show with J. Dot and Krause. Uh, right now, as, as we take this uh, take the show home, uh, we have two of Philadelphia's biggest fans, of course, uh, John Doherty and, and uh, legendary Philadelphia area sports talk host uh, Tony Bruno uh, on the line. Tony, how are you, sir? Good, gentlemen. How are you doing tonight? Johnny Doc, how are you, buddy? Tony, uh, we ain't got much time. Tell us what's on your mind. I love listening to you. Well, what's on my mind is that the Phillies have the worst bullpen in the history of sports, and they just blew another one to the Mets not that long ago. They had uh, the best pitcher in baseball. They were up on him. They couldn't hold it. They had a lead, 3-2. Hector Neris comes in, and the first baseman makes an error to open up the floodgates in the bottom of the ninth inning, and the Phillies lose it again. 19 blown saves by the Phillies' bullpen, the most in baseball, and their defense has been atrocious. Other than that, at least they're not the Sixers. Oh, that's right, the Sixers have gone home because of Ben Simmons, uh, and a lot of people are wondering, how did this guy get worse, Jack? How did these guys start out great? Yeah, and then they get worse as they go along. Don't you get as you get older? Don't you get better? Yeah, Tony, I'll it's, tell you. I watch. I watch. The, I watch every show. I usually jump in with the score of the Phillies game, and I don't know why, but I since I've been a kid, I'm listening to the Phillies on the radio outside to watching every inning of every game I can. It's. I, I just don't know how people get paid that type of money and can't pick up a baseball. It drives me crazy, you know, and I don't understand how all the money we're spending. Okay, we can't get two people to get uh, to get the eighth and ninth innings out. It's ridiculous. It's been that way for a while. The 76ers, I, I don't – look, Ben Simmons is a talented person, but the guy's never scored 20 points any place he played. Okay, he's a spoiled brat. They, make it, they, they treated him like a, like a superstar from day number one. His games never got better. Okay, and I'm not surprised. I'm, 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 I think he might be shooting with the wrong hand. You know, I think maybe <laughs> he, shoot, he shoots – you know, I, I'm serious. When you watch him shoot fouls, you know, everything else he does, he does with the other hand. Okay, I, somebody, I, I don't get it. And look, I'm a, I'm a labor leader, not a, not a, you know, a professional athlete, but I play ball my whole life. Okay, I could walk out today. I could walk out today, two minutes of any game left, and guarantee you I'm going to hit one out of two foul shots. Guarantee it, you. John, I'm exactly. going to pose this question uh, to Tony and, and – and, Tony, you know, it seems like, you know, there are people that can play in Philadelphia and there are those that can't. Brian Dawkins will never buy a beer in any bar in the city if he lives to be 300 years old. 
Okay, but right. then you know, then you got Scott Rowland, you got Eric Lindros, you got uh, you know uh, Carson Wentz, and and now we got Ben Simmons. Do uh, you, you think it has to do with not just not being able to play? Uh, you know, in, in this city of Philadelphia, where the fans care so much, where talk radio is the name of the game. I think there's a lot to that. There's no doubt about it. There's that. I don't dislike these guys. Nothing personal. Ben Simmons, you know, we knew he couldn't shoot. But the bottom line is when you pick up a basketball as a kid, the first thing he used to do is make free throws because you can do that by yourself. And then you shoot jump shots. And then the three-point shot, Ben Simmons doesn't even try those. So you got to forget that. How do you not shoot free throws at at least 50%? How do you not make short-range jumpers? We know he can dunk, and we know he's a good defender. But then how do you not get any better at any of these facets of the game? He's gotten so bad now, they don't even want him out with the Kardashians or the Jenners anymore. They don't even want him in L.A. <laughs> What's interesting, <laughs> you, you go ahead, John. tongue-in-cheek, but that's part of the problem. Listen, no disrespect these guys. I, I don't have any bad – I want the Sixers to win. I get frustrated. But the guy's on – he's on uh, EMZ or whatever the hell it is at night, okay, and he's not making foul shots. He's flying to Florida for a weekend party and not making foul shots. Yeah, okay? I mean, John, John, did, mean, you, did you see that documentary, when it, the one-and-done documentary? Did you see that, Tony? On, on, yes, it was absolutely. On, I mean, he's been coddled by his family. Um, and, by, you know, listen, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I want to see him do good. I think that's the thing. We all want to see him do good. But, you know, it seems as he, he's been coddled. They talked about the league when he was a junior in high school. He, got the, he made a mockery of the NCAA, which has its own issues, as we know. But absolutely ridiculous. I think, the, obviously, the end was when he obviously didn't dunk the ball and then he uh, passed the ball, uh, you know, before half court to Embiid. I mean, literally speaking, uh, you know, we just got, you know, we, we have a, an unbelievable situation. And by the way, the whole world's talking about it. There's nowhere to hide. Where uh, I, We got a minute left, Tony. Where do we go from here? Tony, trade them trade, trade to Golden State for the two first rounds in Wiggins. <laughs> you mean the guy that they wanted? The, the, I was down on the process from the beginning because I think you cheat customers when you don't put out the best product you can and you intentionally try to lose. And the Sixers did it better than anybody, but... Here they are now, and they pretty much have nothing left other than Joel Embiid, who fell into their laps. And Ben Simmons, I don't know if he's going to go or not, but this team was was right there for a chance to win a championship, at least make it to the finals. To me, not making it to the NBA finals is a big, big disaster area for this team. Who knows what happens next? Tony Bruno. What's the best team in baseball, Tony? Who's your best team in baseball? Uh, It's it's hard. You know, I I don't know. There's so many good teams he has. The Tampa, you know, Tampa Bay Rays, the Yankees are playing better. Red Sox are playing better. But the Phillies are certainly not even in the mix, guys. Sorry. All right. We'll have, uh, we appreciate it, Tony Bruno. Thanks to Mark Siegel, PA State Rep, Matt Bradford, Tony Bruno. For John Doherty, I'm Joe Doherty. Talk to you next time, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show have been sponsored by Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, CWA, Communication Workers of America, and AFSME Local 1739, DC 47. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management.